0: In the words of one of the hottest music producers to ever come out of Virginia, it's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you without a dope beat to step to. Cue the music. Hello, hello. I'm a lady named D. This is the Slack Remote Nation podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome. And if you're a returning listener, welcome back. I know the first thing on your mind is, Where the fuck have I been? And I'm going to get into that. So I got some news last week and I didn't quite know how to digest it. It was a little bit hard to digest. And then my family reunion literally was that week as well and I came back tested positive for COVID so I've literally been in quarantine until this moment public service announcement COVID-19 is clearly still around throughout this whole experience you know I kind of gained something from it I think In general, you should try to gain something from every experience that you go to. There's a literally a lesson in everything. That is my favorite thing to tell people. Everything has a lesson attached to it. It is up to you to embrace it, to let it permeate. A lot of people generally live in a cycle of insanity because they do the same shit over and over again. And don't learn the lesson of why the shit keeps playing out the way it keeps playing out. But I'm not that bitch. So without getting really deep into it, literally the information that I got like shell shocked me. It took me by surprise. I wasn't ready mentally. I was not ready. And then, you know, I was sick and it really had me thinking on why we dwell on things. And through this, throughout this whole experience, cause you know, that happened. Then I went to my family reunion, which was probably the best thing for me to do due to that information, because it helped me clear my head. I was around people that I love, that love me, that embrace me, that through whatever reason, accept me for who I am. I love my family. I don't like my family all the time, but I love my family because it's something about us getting together that just makes everything seem okay. And then, you know, I came back and I was sick. So I had a lot of time to think. I had a lot of time to read. I read a lot. If you're not following me on Instagram, definitely follow Slackermo Nation on Instagram or like my page on Facebook, The Slacker Life. Had to plug that in. But um, I've been reading a lot on Instagram. I've been posting a lot of quotes from the books that I've been reading. Quotes I like. Just started that. Love it. It made me think about the things that I've been holding on, the things that I have not let go, because I have a tendency as a person that when somebody says something to me, especially something hurtful, they might get over it. They might forget the fuck that, that they said the shit to me, but it lives with me. And that's why I've always been careful about what I say to others, because I might forget I said it. I might not have meant it in a moment or whatever, but it stays with that person. So think in thinking of that, Thinking of just like manipulation and what I, you know, you hold on to a lot of these things that people have said to you in ways that you don't even realize it. And it took that time of silence for me to really work through why I was holding on to certain things that people said to me. It made me think back to a conversation I had with my ex and which... Which kind of goes into like why I hate communicating. And pretty much he was just like, well, why didn't you express that to me? And I was just like, because, you know, my opinion doesn't matter. He was like, what made you feel that way? He was like, was it the ex before him? <laughs> was it something like that? And like, I had to think about it. Yeah, I did not feel heard in that, re- in that relationship. And unbeknownst to me was like I'm like a little turtle that's what my ex that ex used to call me he used to be like I'm a turtle like as soon as somebody says something hurtful to me I retreat in my shell and like it wasn't until I had that conversation with my ex that I even realized that I retreated into my shell a lot anybody that knows me knows I'm a vocal person my friend will ask me how I feel about something and I'll be like I don't have no opinion she'll be like all right so no really how do you feel because you have an opinion about everything I literally do but when it comes to dealing with relationships and romantic partners and stuff, sometimes, I won't even say sometimes, as of late, I am less inclined to voice my opinion because somebody in my past made me feel like my opinion did not matter, which is not true. And I know deep down it's not true, but unconsciously I've been living my life like my opinion don't fucking matter. And clearly it does, even if it don't matter to nobody but me. My opinion matters. So that was my little bit of enlightenment. Ooh, I'm going to stop and talk about this. So I read a book and it's called The Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires. And it was totally unexpected. I loved it because it was a kind of a traditional... The vampires were kind of traditional. There was no good. There was no teeny bopper, like, oh, I'm in love with you. No, like, it's tall, dark, and mysterious, and lonely, and oh, I wish I wasn't a vampire. It wasn't that. Like, vampire was clearly a vampire. And it's crazy because that book kind of perfectly explained the So it kind of explains social dynamics when it comes to minorities, like a lot of stuff happens in black communities. Kids will go missing. People will be killed, this, and a third, and nobody gives a fuck about it until it starts spilling over into the predominantly white communities. And that author did a very good job of highlighting that. So if you are in the mood to read something about vampires or something in the horror genre, That is definitely a book to to check out. That being said, we're just gonna dive right into my episode. I have a few hot topics and then we're gonna dive into the sex lives of African women. So, my first hot topic, I'm gonna gonna set a mood for you. It's 3 a.m., you're in a deep sleep. Your man wakes you up to make him a sandwich. You doing it or not? Now, That might not be the original question, but that's what it was when it got to me, and it made me think back to a conversation I have with my homegirls. And I'm actually impressed because I went on this really impressive monologue about my standard of dealing with men, whether I'm in a serious relationship or we're just something casual, nothing like serious. Like you know, we're just doing what we do because I'm grown. But um, I had this conversation about with my homegirl, and I was pretty much like. I don't know what it is with dudes these days that's why it's so fucking hard out here at least for me because I have certain standards and I've always been of the grain that I don't judge nobody for their standards especially if I don't meet them like I can't be mad at you because you have a set that you have a set of st- you have set a standard for the person type of person that you want to deal with and I don't meet that. All I can do is find somebody that meets my standards and I meet them. So in my standards, and this is primarily for, I guess, casual people, because I don't deal with, I tend not to deal with more than one person at one time, whether we're just smashing or whether we're in an actual relationship. And that's just for me, my health and all that. But pretty much I was like, I like my sleep. I'm old. I like my sleep. Arrangements need to be made no later than 5 p.m. with an ETA no later than 7 p.m. and there better be an option to sleep over because I like my sleep and if you can't meet that standard, call the next bitch. My friend was like, call the next bitch. I was like, yeah, call the next bitch because I know people be having options. I have options now, whether or not I call on these options is neither here nor there I really don't like I like to deal with one person at a time that's just me in any situation that's just that's just always been me I don't know how people date multiple people at one time it's draining and I like strong personalities so I can't be talking to a whole bunch of strong personalities at one time because I have a strong personality and that shit will like literally drain me But that is neither here nor there. And I say that to say that the only scenario in which my dude... Because if you're waking me up at 3 a.m., one, you better be my dude. And two, it better be to fuck. And that's it. Now, if I ever get in a stage of relationship, I don't have an issue with making my man a sandwich. Because I think that's really the meat and bones of what it is. Are you willing to cook for your man? Are you willing to serve serve is not the word I feel comfortable with using but I guess it kind of fits your man and I've always been willing to do that within a relationship but at the same time you also have to respect me and I think it's kind of disrespectful to wake wake somebody up out of their sleep at three o'clock in the morning to do some shit that you can do yourself like now if you're coming home from work hey babe da 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 Nine times out of 10, just because the person I am, I love to cook. Like you're probably going to have your meal together or I probably would have made arrangements for that. But at the same time, that's something I also expect in return because I work too. So sometimes I be tired. Sometimes I don't feel like cooking, but am I willing to do that for a man I'm in a relationship with? Hell yeah. Like why not? But what I'm not willing to do is to get woken up. Out of my good ass sleep Because I love sleep I cannot stress enough How much I love my sleep I love sleep so much I'm angry Because I never get enough of it So I'll be damned If a motherfucker wakes me up at 3 o'clock In the morning To make him a fucking sandwich That he can make himself Like There might be Extenuating circumstances Like if he's injured Or whatever And he like Physically is incapable Of doing it And for some reason He's up at 3 a.m. And he's hungry Maybe But like Just that scenario within itself? Hell nah. You got me fucked up. Really. Really fucked up. Really fucked up. But that's all I'm going to say on that. The next conversation, which also has to do with niggas or men or whatever, is the Great Length Debate. There was a meme that I read that was like, six inches is considered small eggplant now. It's more like a question. It wasn't a statement. It was a question. And I can only speak for me, but I have this broken down to a science. And this is purely my opinion. I do not speak on behalf of all women. So that being said, I honestly think it's less about length and more about girth or thickness because I spoke with a woman who had no clue what I meant when I said girth. So just so we're all on the same page, that's what the fuck I'm talking about. And I honestly think anything between five and a half, eight inches with good girth is decent to good, to great. Anything smaller than five and a half is small and anything larger is eight. Well, anything larger is eight. Anything larger than eight is too big, but none of that matters if you don't have that girth. Like it really don't like, like at all at all at all like ideally i i would say like about seven and a half is seven and a half with some girth is perfect in my mind because um everybody be talking about how they want these eight nine ten eleven inch dicks and i won't say that i have had a really large penis before but hypothetically speaking if i had it was mad uncomfortable like that shit was good for that for that and i've never I have never called that nigga back, so there's that. Nah, couldn't do it. Um, <laughs> now we're gonna get into my main topic, which is me deep diving into the sex lives of African women. So I kind of struggle with this a little bit because again, as I said in the intro to this, I want to deep dive into it because each individual story, while I can't completely relate to everything, I've had little gems. So I'm still in the wind on how I want to discuss it, but we're just going to play it by ear, episode by episode, just to see, you know, how it goes. So the first one I'm going to talk about is the first actual story, which is Nora's story. And it really depicts the interworkings of a polygamous marriage. Now, I don't mean polygamy, how people have it out here where you're literally just cheating on a person that you're with. It's always been my understanding that to be involved in a polygamous relationship that all parties have to have open communication. All parties have to be aware of each other, have to be okay with it, and, you know, go from there. Now, that's just my Americanized vision of polygamy when you go overseas it gets a little bit deeper in that especially in places where it's legal for one generally men are the ones that are allowed to have polygamist relationships the women are just kind of there in my opinion this is the perfect opportunity to educate me if you know somebody in a polygamist relationship or that practices polygamy definitely educate me a little bit I know a person I know but um again that's just the americanized version of it i know there's deeper i know it's deeper than what most people think about when they think about polygamous but in neuro story like she talks about how the circumstances that brought her to being in a polygamous relationship because where she's from polygamy isn't a thing but where she what she married into she actually moved to where her husband was, polygamy was a big thing. And a requirement that I always have known is that to be in a polygamous marriage, in order to marry, have multiple wives, you have to be able to completely be able to financially take care of each of those wives. So her husband has two other wives, his first wife and his second wife. And in her particular situation, there isn't this open line of communication and the reason why I feel like that is important is it's stated in there in pretty much her relationship with his other wives there really is no relationship and she can understand it because she feels for the first wife we've been married for x amount of years and then all of a sudden like you get that itch and you come home with another wife and then a year later you come home with another wife like yo what the fuck so it's that which as a woman is completely understandable to me even though culturally it's acceptable still you know we're people we still feel some type of way about that but that is neither here nor there because in that country I guess women are allowed to aren't allowed... Yes, they aren't. Because she talks about that, how in public, she kind of has to like minimize herself. But in, in privacy, like, you know, her husband loves that she is open and opinionated and all that stuff. But she still has to go out in public and not be herself. Which, you know, is a cultural thing. That's something that has to be fixed slowly over time. And that's one of the reasons why I think it's really important to read books like this. I kind of appreciate this story because she had a... And it's my favorite quote from her story is... That period taught me that I can actually be committed to someone else. When you're legally bound to a person, you don't just walk out on them. You have to show up not only for yourself but for the partnership you're in. It's not a simple matter of can I deal with this person because it's not about the other person changing, it's about how you deal with who they are intrinsically and how they are evolving. And that's one of the things, and that's really really what I wanted to talk about with the backdrop of polygamy because I feel like that is important a lot I feel like a lot of times people get in relationships and people fall in love with the person that you are right now and don't learn to grow the person and don't learn to love the person that you are evolving into which is crazy because you know we're humans that's one of the amazing parts about life is that we are constantly evolving how we think what we do like you're constantly maturing change is constant I think that's what it really means to be somebody's partner is to grow with that person and to love the person that they are becoming and to love the person that they become hopefully positively especially if it's positively now I'm not saying if you meet somebody and it's all good in the beginning and to become this violent and manipulative person by all means walk out but I feel like a lot of the times people don't do that. They're not willing. They want the person that they're with to stay the same, which is crazy because nobody stays the same. We're all, we all evolve. And that's the biggest message that I got from that story. So then we go into Nafi. And this tells the story of a woman that was in a weird online relationship, with a dude that was in another relationship. Like it was, it's it, it reminded me of those situations where you meet somebody, but y'all are both in situations, but y'all stay in contact. And it kind of becomes inappropriate, but y'all like, for some reason, keep being drawn back to each other, like a moth in a flame. Unfortunately, in this situation, it didn't kind of pan out the way that, you know, she thought it was gonna be, because everything was great. While they were like, you know, dating, and up until the point when they got married, the the stop in this particular situation was pregnancy, and that happens a lot because um, some men feel uncomfortable being intimate with their partner when they're pregnant for whatever reason. Even though science has proven, like, you know, nothing can go wrong. Like, there are certain circumstances where you know your doctor will be like, okay, you know, you might want to cool it or whatever. But for the most part, like, you can have sex up until you have the baby. In fact, that's, that helps. When we talk about loss of intimacy, I feel like most of the time the conversation is geared towards men. Like men are the ones who are like, you know, my wife just stopped having sex with me for whatever reason, it's down the third. But we don't really discuss women who are in that exact same situation, like I was in that situation. I was in a relationship and like at a certain point, like, you know, it just stopped. And I'm the type of person that I have a high sex drive If you're in a relationship with me, like, you know, I need it. Like that's, that's, that is a form of intimacy that I like, that I crave. And when that's gone, it kind of, just like for men, It kind of sours the relationship when there is no intimacy, no physical intimacy like that. It's the same for women. Like, we are people too. We have feelings, we have wants, we have needs. One of the interesting things that I've learned from reading her story, and that's how it ends, is she writes, one of the things I'm learning is that in Islam, Lack of sex is grounds for divorce. It is written in the Quran that sexual pleasure is a requirement for a marriage. And she also ends it off with her telling everybody that as of May, 2020, she hasn't had sex with her husband since February of 2019. That was a long time to not have sex and be married. That is wild. So yeah, grounds for divorce if she wants it. And I kind of got the tone that it was, but definitely it was important to subject because a lot of women go through that when they have babies when their body goes through those changes sometimes for whatever reason their men lose interest in them and that's not all the case and i guess it varies from man to man because again well no yeah no my first pregnancy my partner at the time like was just like nah like you know nah nah, 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 you're pregnant, the second, the third. And the second time around was a completely different experience. But again, that is important. Intimacy is important. And it don't just stop because, you know, I'm incubating this life. Like I still need it. I still crave it. But interesting topics. And then last, I didn't really resonate with Keisha's story at all. Primarily because I'm straight. But I did... I could relate to her saying, today I feel like my best sex life is being lived in my imagination. I'm a lot more free in my mind than I am in my body. I dream and fantasize a lot, but I don't necessarily create the kind of experience that will allow me to enjoy these feelings that I think about. I want to be able to let go a lot more. And I kind of feel like a lot of women can relate to that. that. And I won't say for the basis of her story, this this is why she feels this way. Cause I want you to go read the book, like definitely go read the book. I'm not, when I say I'm deep diving into it, I'm giving y'all just enough to make y'all kind of want to go check it out. Because I feel like this is an important book, not just for women to read, but for men, because I think I mentioned this to dude and it was like, I don't want to read about sex lives of black women. Why are you not having sex with black women or women period? Like this is this this is, these types of books are literally handbooks for men. And like, again, I'm sorry. Every woman is different. And that's the one thing I feel like a lot of people don't realize. And it's not just a woman issue. I mean, a male issue, because I feel like some females are like that too. They feel like because they come to sex with a vagina, like that's it. They don't, You should be happy to be in a vagina or whatever. They don't take the time to really learn their partner, their do's and don'ts, their likes and dislikes. And everybody's individual. You can't have sex with me the same way that you have sex with your ex because we might like different things. So that's the importance of reading this as a male. And as a woman, like, for the relatability. So, you know, you're not the only person that has thought this. You, you're not the only person that have has gone through this. You're not the only person that experiences this. Women from all over the world, Black women from all over the world, experience these things. Interesting. But, um as this relates to me is a, I've missed out on a lot of orgasms being in my head, cause I overthink everything. And this is also why I only like to deal with people one at a time, because I feel like in order for me to build up to that level of intimacy, in order for me to be able to be free with you, I have to be comfortable with you. And I might be comfortable with you, but to be that comfortable with you, to be that intimate with you, like to have that type of connection with somebody is a little frightening. So I have to feel safe and secure and letting go and being free and whatnot. The best sex I've had has been with people that I am completely comfortable with. And nine times out of 10, that was those were long-term Relationships, but that's just me, and that's and that's pretty. That's pretty much why I don't like to deal with a lot of people at one time because I like to build that one-on-one connection. I don't date just to be dating folks. Like I, I, I won't say I lie about not wanting to get married because I don't feel like I have to get married, but I do want to get married. I just don't necessarily feel like I need to get married. If that makes sense, but. To me, dating, that's the goal. That is my purpose in dating is if I'm dating somebody it's because I want to be their life partner eventually, or I can see myself being their life partner and we're heading towards that, which is why I'm like completely blunt about that shit, because I don't like trying to think of the word. I don't like to leave no room for air. Like if I'm just a person that you want to have sex with, let me know that up front so I can either be like yeah you know we could do that or nah I'm I'm looking for a little I'm looking for something a little bit deeper I'm very upfront about that so that's how I feel but that is all for today's episode because I definitely said I didn't want it to be too long definitely tune in on Thursday I'm gonna have a wonderful episode for you guys I'm back and better than ever thank you I'm a lady named D this has been the Slacker Mo Nation podcast Bye.